Thank you for tuning in today. I pray that today's message will empower you to use your voice, help change the way you think, and refresh your spirit. If you'd like to follow along with Pastor's Notes, you can find them on our app. Today we're starting a new series, From Stressed to Blessed. Jesus went to the cross and overcame death so that we can use God's power to overcome the devil. Pastor Duane will be teaching us how to get out of our valleys and how to start using God's power. Let's jump right in. I want to take our text out of Psalms 84. Beginning at the fourth verse, it says, Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, it literally the valley of weeping or the valley of tears. It says they make it a spring. So you pass through the valley of weeping, the valley of tears, the test, the trials. And it says you make it. You make it a spring. You're in the desert, but you make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. So today I kind of want to give an introduction to this, kind of get started with verse 4. It says, blessed are those who dwell in your house. The Bible talks about being planted in the house. Uh, How many of you realize COVID-19 changed a lot of things In the world, but it changed a lot of things in the church. And one of the things that happened in church is a lot of people got used to just staying home. But there there is something about being planted in the house. Uh, The presence of God. There there, There is an individual anointing, but there is a corporate anointing. And that corporate anointing, you don't get at home. You, you get that corporate anointing when you're in the house. So there's something about that corporate anointing in his presence. And then beyond that, uh, when you're a part of the body and you're planted in the house, it enables you to minister to the body. Now, the Bible talks about this in Ephesians chapter 4, but the body is supposed to minister to each other. You can't do that at home. I'm glad for everybody that watches at home, right? But there is another step. There is another level. And the Bible talks about being planted in the house. He said, they dwell in your house. And I love this next part. It says, they'll still be praising you. They'll still be praising you. There's something about getting around other Christians. Uh, How many of you know that the world's, their culture is trying to invade your life? But when you get around other believers... Right? The culture of the kingdom, kingdom culture, begins to invade your life. So Psalms 100 says, They enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Be thankful to him. Bless his name. Hebrews 13, 15. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. Now, of course, in Revelation chapter 1, it tells us that Jesus made you, to be a king and a priest to God the Father. Now, one of the things about priestly duty is to offer sacrifices. Now, in the New Testament, you aren't killing a lamb or a goat or a bull. 
But our sacrifices literally are the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. As a New Testament priest, we are supposed to be literally thanking God at all times. Now, the Bible says, for example, in 1 Thessalonians 5, it says, in everything give thanks. Not for everything, but in everything. Uh, When I first became a Christian, there was a very popular book on the subject of praise. And this book said, you need to thank God and praise God for everything. So if you get a divorce, thank him for a divorce. If you have cancer, thank him for cancer. But here's the deal. God did not send the divorce and God did not send the cancer. So you don't thank God for everything, but you can thank him in the midst of every situation. So so we need to be careful that we recognize what's from God and what's not from God. Of course, John 10, 10, there's the thief, that's the devil. He comes to kill, to steal, and destroy. If it kills, steals, and destroys, it didn't come from God. And Jesus said, but I've come that you may have life and have it abundantly. James chapter 1 says, don't be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of light in whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. If it's good, if it's perfect, it comes from God. But the things that kill, steal, and destroy do not come from God. In fact, we really, we could take that verse in John 10.10 and call that verse the great divide. Because it divides what God does and what the devil does. Just that simple. In fact, this this may seem simple, but I I really want you to catch this. I'm going to ask you to just say this. Say, good God bad devil. Do it one more time. Good God, bad devil. If we really grasp that, we know more than 90% of theologians. You've got to have a PhD to mess some of this stuff up. Good God, bad devil. So it says they're still going to be praising him. And part of our priestly duty is to bring that praise to him. Now, Malachi, which is the the last book of the Old Covenant, chapter 3, verse 13. I wanted to read just a couple of verses here for you. It says, your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken against you? You have said, it's useless to serve God. Or what profit is it if we have keeps his ordinances or have walked as mourners before the Lord of hosts. God says, so now we call the proud blessed, and those who do wickedness are raised up. They even tempt God and go free. So God is listening to what people are saying. And he's saying it, they're saying it does not make any difference if you serve God and you seek God. But of course, Hebrews 11, verse 6, without faith it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Verse 16, Malachi 3 again. Then those who fear the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them. How many of you realize when you're talking, God's listening? So a book of remembrance was written before him, before God. For those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name, God says, they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, 
On the day that I make them my jewels, I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. So the Bible is telling us God's listening to what we say. In those that are talking about God, those that are praising God, God writes it down in a book. I think he writes it down because it's so rare. We, have, we, we live in a world that does not have a lot of good things to say about God because they don't know who God is. Um, I, I had somebody say to me one time, they said, well, why would I serve God when he's the reasons for wars, for disease? He's the reason for rape. He's the reason for prejudice. You know, God is not the reason for any of those things. The reason for those things is the devil. And honestly, their God is my devil. And if you read the Bible, God is not the author of those things. Those things come in through the works of the enemy. That's how they come in. So blessed are those who dwell in his house. Blessed are those who are still praising him. And then it says, blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you. First Thessalonians 5 and verse 23 says, may the very God of peace sanctify you completely. Now, the Bible is progressive revelation. You say, what does that mean exactly? That means the farther you get in the Bible, the more and more truth is revealed about a subject. Now, it is really not until 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, that we see exactly what the makeup of a human being is. And it says, may the, may the God of peace sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You are a three-part being. The real you is a spirit. Look at Luke chapter 19. There's a story about the rich man and Lazarus. It says that Lazarus died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. Now they took his body and put it in a pulper's tomb, but the Bible says the angels carried him. The real you is not your body. In fact, the apostle Paul said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 in the last verse. He said, I discipline my body. I bring it into subjection. The I is the spirit. But notice what he calls your body? It. Right? Your body is the house that you live in. Now, here's something that's very, very important that, that sometimes we kind of pass over. Because you are a spirit. That's the real you. When Lazarus' body died, the real Lazarus stepped out, and angels carried him to a place next to Abraham, a place in paradise. So you, have, you are a spirit, you have a soul or a mind, and you live inside of a body. With your spirit, you contact the spiritual realm. With your mind, you contact the intellectual realm. And with your body, you contact the physical realm. Now, here's something about you that we, we sometimes forget. You are a hybrid being. You say, what does that mean? That means because you have a body, you can contact the physical realm. In fact, if you will let your body, your body will dominate your life, and you will be dominated by the physical realm. How I many you know what I'm talking about? Right? But you are also a spirit. 
In fact, the real you is a spirit. And with the real you, that spirit, you contact the spiritual realm. So literally, you are able to flow in two worlds. You can flow in the natural realm and you can flow in the spiritual realm. Um, when when uh, Jesus is casting some demons out of, some, out of, out of a, a man a, uh, who has a legion of demons, the Gadarene demoniac, the demons immediately say, let's go into the pigs. Why do they do that? Because without a physical body, they cannot affect the physical realm. But you, because you're a hybrid being, you can contact the spiritual realm because you're a spirit. But you can also contact the physical realm. Now, what we're supposed to do as Christians is we're supposed to live out of our spirit and let our spirit dominate our soul in our body. So he said, blessed is the man whose strength is in you. First Thessalonians 5.23, where we talked about Second Corinthians 5, verse 17, says that if anyone is in Christ, you become a Christian, and you're in Christ or in union with Christ, some translations say. You are a new creature, a new creation. One translation says a new self. Think about that. You're a new self. Now, I remember, I, didn't, I went to church all my life, but I did not become a Christian until I was 20. How many of you know going to church doesn't make you a Christian? So, so I went to church, all right? I was religious, so to speak, but, but I was not a Christian. I had not received Jesus, and I had not given him my heart and my life. But, and I'm 20 years old, and I remember the, 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 the night I became a Christian, right? The next day, I, I went and I talked with a, a guy that I had been friends with, And I remember what happened when we talked. All the things that I used to want to do, I didn't want to do. And all the things that I didn't want to do before, I wanted to do. I used to hate church. I used to hate worshiping God. I used to hate reading the Bible. And all of a sudden, I wanted to go to church. I wanted to worship God. I wanted to read the Bible. I wanted to live right. I wanted to resist sin. You're a new self. You're a brand new creation when you become a Christian. But it's on the inside, it's in your heart. Now, notice, blessed is the man whose strength is in you. Now, it's really talking about what God does on the inside of us when we get right with God. In Ephesians 3 and verse 20, one of the most, I've heard so many people quote this verse, and and 95% of the time, we misquote it. And it says this, Now to him who's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. We almost always quit right there. But here's what the rest of the verse says. According to the power that's at work in us. Where is the power at work? In us. It's at work in us. Well, 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 somebody, but it says, well, without Jesus, we're nothing. Absolutely. Jesus said so. Without me, you can do nothing of eternal consequence. But how many of you are without Jesus? He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. You are not without him. He's with you. And it's according to his power that's at work in us. Now, it's not your power. Whose power is it? But where does it work? In us. 
It's at work in us. Now, the problem is we're not turning the switch on. Now, now if we come in here on Sunday morning, all right, we get here at 630 and, and literally our, 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 a lot of our staff, they're already here. But it's dark in here. So they don't call up the power company and say, send the power. We got thousands of people coming that we need to get in this service. Send the power. No, they're already sending the power. You know what we need to do? Hit the switch. Hit the switch. Because the problem is not the power company. The problem is us, right? And it's the same truth in our lives. The problem is not God. We're always like, God, do this. God, do that. God, do the next thing. And he's like, hey, my power is in you. Turn the switch on. Get the faith moving. Because we're expecting God to do something. But the truth is, he's expecting us to do something. A lot of people say, something. oh, God, the devil's after me. Get the devil. And God's like, I already did. I took him down at the cross. I defeated him. I arose from the grave with the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And I gave you authority. What did Jesus do with all that power? He says, all power is given to me in heaven and earth. Now you go. You know what he's doing? He's giving the church the power. He's giving us the authority. Now, it's not our power. Listen, you could take a light bulb and put it in your mouth for six months and nothing would happen. Because <laughs> it's not your power. Right? But it's in you. And it's his power that's in you. In Ephesians 3 and verse 10. To the intent now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church. Now, who is the church? Not this building. You and I are the church. So God's plan is that his wisdom would be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in heavenly places. Principalities and powers are Satan and demon power. So God's plan is for his power to flow through you and through me to demonstrate Jesus' defeat of the devil. Now, you and I, we don't defeat the devil. Jesus did. But we enforce that defeat because it's his power that is at work in us. Um, it's probably been a little over 20 years now since one of my mentors, Lester Summerall, a pastor down in, in South Bend, Indiana, went to heaven. Uh, he lived, he, he traveled extensive, lived in, well, he said this way, he lived in over 100 nations of the world. And he tells this story about when he went to Java, one of the islands in the South Pacific. He said they, they, were, they were going out and they, they went into the, the mountainous region and he said, we got to a village and we found the village was already Christianized. They were all Christians. Everybody was a Christian. And uh, they said, well, how did this happen? And there's this Dutch missionary lady that's there. And this is the story that she and the pastor told Lester Summerall. She said, well, I, I, I came as a missionary, as a young woman. 
And I, I got a, a little house, more like a hut, in the village. And I began preaching in the village. And she, this was, she said, she says, I preached that Jesus saved, Jesus healed, Jesus delivered, and Jesus is coming again. Now, how many know that's a pretty good gospel? In fact, the, the square four denomination, those are their four corners or four truths. Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus delivers, and Jesus is coming again. So, so this morning, I just thought this was cute, okay? So this morning, Jeannie and I, I'm walking with Jeannie down to the 730 prayer meeting. And we, we go past by the resource center. And they have this shirt hanging in the resource center. BRB Jesus. And Jeannie and I are like, what in the world is that? <laughs> BRB Jesus. And what did you come up with? Boy, boy, righteous, something or another. And we were trying, what in the world is BRB Jesus? And so finally, I'm, <laughs> Pastor Bernie comes by and I said, Bernie, what is this BRB Jesus? And he says, be right back. I thought, that's awesome. I want one of those shirts. All right. Because you realize Jesus in every, every single New Testament author tells us Jesus is coming. He's coming back. So when you see me when I'm wearing this shirt, you got it, right? Be right back. Jesus. All right. So that's what she's preaching in this little village. Well, after she's been there for a couple of months, she gets a knock on the door. And it's the witch doctor. And, and he says, he says, you have to leave. And she says, what do you mean I have to leave? He says, well, I was here first. And this is my village. And she says, what do you mean? She says, she, he said to her, he says, I'm the witch doctor. And I heal people. And I deliver people. And there's not room for both of us. And you have to leave. And she says, no, 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 no. She says, I just preach Jesus saves. Jesus heals. Jesus delivers. Jesus is coming again. And she, she, she says, I'm not leaving. Well, he said, well, then we're going to have to have a contest. And she said, okay. Never thought anything of it. Till about 10, 12 days later, there's a knock on the door again. And this time it's some of the leaders of the village. And they said, come with us. And they go to the, the middle of the village, and there's a little platform that they built. And up there's the witch doctor. And all the people in the village are right in front. She's, she's like, well, what's this? And they said, well, this is the contest. So they put her up on the platform. And the witch doctor said, do you want to do something? And she says, what do you mean? Do, no, no, no. She said, you do something. And she said, that was like my first mistake. She said, he laid down on the platform. And in a matter of a minute, it looked like he turned into a board. And he started to float. He's 18 inches, 24 air inches up in the air. And she's like, God help. I, I, I came to preach, and now I have witch doctors floating in the air. And I have no idea what to do. And she said, she just, on the inside of her, she just heard this voice that said, get him down. And she said, you get him down. And the voice said again, get him down. And she said, Lord, you get him down. And he said, no, get him down. And she said, how? 
And Jesus, the voice said, with your foot. So she just walks over to that guy and just goes, boom, and puts him down. And she said, the contest was on. And then the voice said to her on the inside, she just hears this voice. It says, tell it to come out. And she says, I command you in Jesus' name, come out. That witch doctor blinks his eyes and sits up and looks around and says, what are we doing here? She did not know. He had fasted 10 days for power from the devil. And she said, I'm here preaching the gospel that Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus delivers, and Jesus is coming again. And you need Jesus. He said, yes, I do. She leads him in a salvation prayer, and he gets saved. And then she says, and you need the Holy Spirit. And he says, do you have the Holy Spirit? She said, yes. He said, I want everything you have. And she prayed for him. He got filled with the Holy Spirit and started speaking in tongues. Now, Lester Summerall, and literally the whole village gets saved. Lester Summerall shows up, and the witch doctor is now the pastor. And that Dutch girl is still there. According to the power that works in in us. Paul is writing into Timothy, and he says, you're going to face this kind of problem. He says, just like Jannies and Jambres withstood Moses. Now, you remember Moses goes before Pharaoh? And Moses throws down his rod, and it becomes a serpent. And then two men, Jannies and Jambres, they're, they're Pharaoh's magicians. They throw down their rods. And they become serpents. And Moses' rod eats their rods up. And then he goes down, he picks it up. You know, that's a perfect picture of Jesus. Look, Jesus came and became sin, ate up our sin at the cross. He literally ate it up. He took it into himself. And then God raised him from the dead. And he once again is king of kings and lord of lords. But whenever the devil's power shows up, you just need to understand this. The power that is at work in you is a million times greater than the power that's at work in the de- through the devil and in this world. It says, next part of that verse, his heart is set on pilgrimage. We need to remember this, that this is not our home. This culture, let me put it this way, this culture is not our home. Now, how many of you have been outside? You you maybe went to the Grand Canyon, or you're just out here in Michigan, our beautiful, beautiful state, and we go, wow, this is beautiful. How many ever thought that? This is beautiful. This is awesome. I thought that too. And it's true. But the Bible says this, that our citizenship is in heaven, from which we eagerly wait for the Savior the Lord Jesus Christ. So literally, although we're in this world, this culture, our citizenship is in heaven. So what this is telling us is this, that we need to be eternally minded. We need to be kingdom of God minded. Jesus told us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
You see, the kingdom of God is when God's will is done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, the mystery of the kingdom, and we don't have a lot of time to explain this, right? But the mystery of the kingdom is the kingdom is here. It's here right now. When Jesus came, that was his message. He said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. It literally means the kingdom of God is here. It's available. It's now. So the kingdom of God is here, but the kingdom's coming, right? It's here, but it is also coming. Right now, the way that the kingdom is here is through the believers in Jesus Christ as we walk in that kingdom. And we can say it this way. The kingdom of God is where God's will is done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom of God is here when God's will is done in your life, in your home, in your business, like it is in heaven. The kingdom's here. But the day's coming when the kingdom's going to be enforced. That day is coming. In fact, I've I've got a scripture here, and I'm going to end with this. All right. So this is Jesus' return. The Lord is at your right hand. This is Psalms 110. And he will execute kings in the day of his wrath. What is Jesus going to do? Execute kings in the day of his wrath. He will judge among the nations. He will fill the place with dead bodies. Jesus will fill the place with dead bodies. And he will execute the heads of many countries. Now, let me just say something. I would not want to be a politician making stupid laws. Because the king is going to come back. And when the king comes back, he will enforce the kingdom. That's a picture of what it's going to look like when Jesus comes back. So many people have this idea that Jesus is just going to come back meek and mild. He's going to come back fierce and wild. He's coming back to rule and to reign. And the Bible says to execute judgment. I know, the book of Jude, New Testament. He comes back to execute judgment on the ungodly and all the ungodly things that they've done and have spoken against him. So Jesus is coming back to rule and to reign. Now, the kingdom is here now, and anybody can become a part of the kingdom. Anybody can surrender their life to Jesus and become a part of the kingdom and have their sins completely paid for. That's what Jesus came to do. But the day is going to come when the time of grace is past. So you and I today are a part of the kingdom of God. You are a representative of the kingdom. Second Corinthians chapter five says you are an ambassador of the kingdom. You are sent with full authority from the kingdom of God. And he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you and I could ask, think, or imagine according to the power that is at work in us. Did you know the Bible says we've written these things to you that you may know that you have everlasting life? That's right. Know that you have it. Not I hope I'm on my way to heaven. Not I'm trying to be a good person. But you're supposed to know, not find out when you die, but know that you're right with God. And if you don't know that in your heart, I want to pray with you today. If you say, I want to be right with God. I want to be forgiven. I want to be a part of his family. I want to live for God. If that is you and you don't know for sure, you're just like, I thought I'd die and find out if I made it to heaven. 
Would you bow your head, pray this prayer with me? Just say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. And I believe that he rose again. And I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I'm holding nothing back. I'm going to live for him every day. And I thank you that you love me, that you've heard my prayer, that you forgive me, that I'm a part of your family now, today and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that simple prayer, God heard that prayer, and you really are forgiven and right with God. Now, I wrote a book to help you keep growing spiritually, and I want to give it to you absolutely free of charge. Now, you can download that book or you can contact us and we will send you a hard copy free of charge. And again, this book is going to help you. It is going to bless you and your spiritual walk. God bless. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, you are making one of the best decisions of your life. We are so excited for you. Just as Pastor said, we'd love to send you a free copy of his book, Your New Life. Log on to walkingbyfaith.tv and have a copy mailed to you. Download it instantly or check out our new audiobook. You can also find all these things on our app. This book is absolutely free and a great resource for you to have. Walking by Faith is changing lives on and off the air with the help of viewers like you. When you choose to sow into God's kingdom, He will pour out His blessings upon you, just like it says in Malachi 3.10. If you'd like to become a partner with us, we have three easy ways that you can give. One, text WBFGIVE to one 364 give Two, visit walkingbyfaith.tv slash give. Or three, click on the giving icon in our app. We would love to connect with you. When you scan this QR code, you can download our app, send us a prayer request, check out our weekly devotional, and most importantly, stay connected. We pray this message helps you tap into God's power and that you begin to see positive changes in your life. Have a great week.